a lot of us struggle with this question too. Where do broken hearts go? Broken hearts seem, when you have a broken heart, you feel restless, you feel lost, you feel homeless, destitute, like you're in an abyss of darkness because something bad has happened in your circumstances that you can't seem to elevate yourself from. But today we're going to discuss some tools that you're going to put into place so that you can elevate yourself to the productive and abundant life that God has for you. Amen. The simple answer to that question, where do broken hearts go? It's something that a stranger told me one time before. Cast your care on God because he cares for you. Okay, we know that. Another scripture says, come unto me. This is Jesus talking now. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. Heavy laden with whatever it may be. You will find rest in me, in Jesus. All of these scriptures lead us to God. Tell us that the answer to where broken hearts go is God. We know that. We grew up in church all along and we know that. But let's face it, it's difficult to actually cast and it's difficult to actually come. A lot of us don't know how to come. A lot of us don't know how to cast. If we cast our care, we may cast it today and tomorrow we go pick it back up and try to take care of it on our own. If we come to God, we come with half of ourselves, but not the whole of ourselves. So we don't really know. And it, it, we end up playing this tug and war game with God where, God, I give it to you, but I take it back. God, you can have some of it, but you can't have it now. And it's like this tug of war that we're doing, a game that we're playing, and God is in the middle trying to be the referee of our emotions, and that's not what he wants us to be. In fact, he wants us to take control of our emotions and to be victorious in what we're going through. Amen. So, if you're in Toronto right now, if you're in the Caribbean, if you're in Africa, if you're in Europe, if you're in the Middle East even, wherever you are, you may know what it is to feel brokenhearted. And I'm not just talking about when a lover leaves you. A lot of us have experienced that. A relationship broke down. Maybe there was a divorce. Maybe there was a separation. But this brokenness that I'm talking about, this brokenheartedness that we're going to discuss today, is more than just relationship. Maybe there was an opportunity that you thought had your name on it but it didn't come through. Maybe you spent all of your resources, you put all of your time, all of your energy, all of your money, and it didn't happen yet. Maybe there was a job that you lost or a job that you thought that you had, but you didn't get it. Hmm. This is a tough one. Maybe you prayed, maybe you fasted, maybe you sought God's face, you did all the asking and the seeking and the knocking, and it feels as if God himself broke your heart by not giving you your heart's desire. Didn't he promise you he'll give you your heart's desire? So when we're in this turmoil of God, you didn't do it. God, this happened to me. God, why did you let this happen? Why did we get so bogged down in that emotion that we take our eyes off what it's supposed to be on, and that is God. So how, today we're going to talk about how, 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 how do I cast my care? How do I come to God when I feel as if it's even God who has let me down? What do I do in order to be that victorious Christian that God wants me to be? And saints, it takes courage to do that. It takes a victor spirit to be able to rise above what's going on around you and still give it to God 
and still come and obey him and cast your care. Step one, when you're casting your care, you have to come, yes, but you have to come all the way in, leaving nothing behind for the enemy to manipulate. That is the first problem we have. When we come, like I said, we come halfway, or we come a little bit, or we come shyly before God, and we leave some pieces of ourselves to have a pity party over. But even a, a, a minister that I love, a lady minister that I love, she says, you can't be pitiful. You can't have a pity party and be powerful at the same time. So today, we're going to talk about how to come be powerful. And the only way to be powerful, the only way to overcome the broken heart, to come to God and cast all of your cares is to bring the whole of yourself. We often, we often bring our spirit. Yes, we bring our spirits. We pray. We said, God, please fix this situation. God, I have a broken heart. I know you're the healer. Yes, we do the praying. But our spirit comes, but does our body come? Does our soul come? God wants all of you to come because if you're, for example, if you had a broken heart, a love was lost, you may pray to God and with your spirit and be like, God, heal this broken heart that I have. But at the same time, while you're praying to God to do that in your spirit, your body is out there going, you're out there giving your body to the next rebound man or woman. Mm, yes, I went there. We cannot pray for God. Yes, we can. We Actually, we can pray for God to heal the broken heart. But God wants you to bring your body and your soul into it. Your soul is where your emotions lie, your mind and your will. Let me tell you the challenge here. You had a broken heart. You give your body all over the place to try to heal that broken heart. Somebody hurt you, and so now you're going from person to person, repeating a cycle. Not only that, your mind, your will, and your emotions, are, you're, you're tuning into the love song channel and all the sad love songs are playing and playing and playing so that's where your mind and your meditation is do you know what you have there you have a spirit that's connected to God you have a body that's all over the place but you have a mind that's even spinning around meditating on the hurt that you've had so now you have a life that's compartmentalized you have your spirit separate from your body, your soul, your emotions, they don't agree. They're all over the place. And you know what the Bible says about that? A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So what you have to try to do is get your mind, will, emotions, your body in line with what you know in your spirit, the healing that you want to have. I know God, God, I, I lost that opportunity, but I know you can bring it back, yes. But at the same time, you spend your body, you spend all day in bed lamenting over what you've lost. Not only that, you, in your mind, you're, you're turning and turning and turning and turning, thinking everything that went wrong and how you're never going to try again. Your will, you have lost the will to get up and go again. God says, no, that is not how you come. That is not how you come to me. When you come to me with your spirit in prayer, you have to bring your body, you have to bring your mind, soul, and emotions in agreement with you, or you will not stand as a kingdom. Now, this is what I want to say um, in line with that. There was a story of four lepers, and we're going to go there in 2 Kings 7.3. In fact, let's turn there now. 2 Kings 7.3, chapter 7, verse 3. These four lepers, oh, they had a reason to be brokenhearted. 
when you have leprosy in, the, in those Bible days, you are cast away. They were cast away. At the city gate, they were wondering what to do with their lives. Oh, they were aimless. You remember when I said that broken hearts sometimes don't know how to find their way home, don't know what to do? They were lost and confused. Kings chapter 7 verse, we're going to read verse 3. Now four men who were lepers were at the entrance of the city's gates. And they said to one another, why do you sit here until you die? Why do we, sorry, sit here until we die? See, they even questioned themselves. If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city. And if we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the army of the Syrians. If they spare us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose in the twilight and went to the Syrian camp. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no man was there. Okay. Here you have two people who knew what to do. When you are brokenhearted and you want to get out of that brokenheartedness, God wants you to move in the direction of your victory. Move in the direction of your healing. Staying where you are, even though it may hurt and it may feel comfortable for you, staying in that depressed state it's not going to help you. Just like these four men realize, if we stay here in this state of brokenness, we will die in this location of sorrow and sadness. We will die. But if we rally ourselves up and go, they didn't say we'll live. They said, maybe if we move on with our lives, we might die still. But here it is, the answer. Their will you remember when we said your will, mind, and your emotion has to agree with what your spirit is saying? What you know the spirit of God is telling you to do? Their will didn't really consider the circumstances. And even if they considered the circumstances, their will to live was greater than their present leprosy. And even greater than the possibility of death that lie ahead. Their will to live. You may be brokenhearted and going through some hard times right now, but God is asking, where is your will to live? He wants you to get up and move in the direction where your healing and your victory is. And that is in the coming and the casting to him. The question here is, are you willing to do that? Their body, what did they do with their body? They could have kept their body at the city gate. And they would have died right there where they were in that brokenness, in that leprosy and that sickness, and that sadness, and that divorce, and that job loss, and that opportunity loss, but they decided to do something, and it is in verse four, verse five, sorry. So they arose. Rise up from whatever you're going through. That is how you come to God. That is how you cast, get your body to agree with what your spirit is doing, what your spirit is saying. Get up out of that bed. Turn on your praise music and sing to God a new song. Step two. Remember when we said sing to God a new song? The next thing you have to do when you come and cast, you have to come with your mouth. We talked about your mind, your will, your body, your emotions, but there's one little thing right here. This strong, strong, strong member, our tongue. You cannot underestimate the power of life and death that lies right between these teeth. You can create your destiny. 
just by what comes out of your mouth because of the confession of either faith or fear that comes out of your mouth. If you are brokenhearted, God is not saying you cannot acknowledge your brokenheartedness. But the key here is when you talk about your brokenheartedness, what context do you place it in? Are you just on the phone talking to your friends telling them, oh, he broke my heart. Oh, do you know I prayed and I cried and God didn't do it for me. God said that's not the way to, that's not the context you have to put it in. You know why I love David? He used this tongue, this weapon, to his advantage. Psalms, I'm not going to read it for you, but you're going to do and do some spiritual homework. Check out Psalms 34 verse 18, Psalms 51 verse 17, Psalms 147 verse 3. These were confessions that he made. And I invite you to make these same confessions out of your mouth. He was talking about his problems. He, he had in his mind, he knew what his problems and issues were, but he did not focus on those problems. I'm not saying again that we're not human and that we won't be touched when things happen to us that break our hearts. When that stranger came to me and told me to cast my care on God, my face was drenched in so much wetness, I thought I was going to drown. I was sad. The tears were falling. My countenance was just out there. And he came to me and told me that word. And I received that, I believed that, and I ran with that, and I began to rally myself up. So sometimes it just takes a word from God. So I hope that this word that we're preaching, we're not preaching, I changed that. The conversation that I'm having with you today has got to do that for you, help you to rally yourself in God, and to do what David did in this next text we're going to look at, encourage himself in the Lord. God will knows that we have emotions, and he allows us to acknowledge those emotions. We cry, yes, we feel depressed, but is that the state, perpetual state that he wants us to be in? I don't think so. Let me tell you how I know that. I know that God through him, his spirit will quicken you and let you know when it's time to stop grieving yourself. Who said, Moses, my servant is dead. Okay, let's move on. Now, that seems a little harsh, but God will quicken you to know when it's time to stop grieving a particular thing. Sometimes it's sooner than we think. Grieving that relationship that you lost, carrying the weight of that thing around with you is a burden God doesn't want you to have. He is big enough to take it with him, to take it on himself. The opportunity that didn't come your way that you thought would should have come your way, God is big enough. You, your arms cannot carry such a heavy load. Give it to God. Cast and come. This is how you come with your mouth. Let's look at what David did. In 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30. We're going to start at verse 4. So here's the situation. David and his men came upon their city that was completely destroyed by the enemies. Completely. They burnt everything and left it just ashes. And they also took the women and children along with them. So David and his men came back and found all of this destruction. So let's pick it up at verse four. Then David and the men with him lifted up their voices and wept. They wept until they had no more strength to weep. So God is not saying you cannot weep, but look what happens next, verse six. David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of those, the souls of them 
all were bitterly grieved. Such, sorry, each man for his sons and daughters that were taken by the enemy. But this is the key. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's exciting. I can just imagine, I don't know what David said with his mouth, but I know the type of person he is with all the Psalms that he wrote. The way he encouraged himself in the Lord was through the confessions of his mouth. I can hear him saying, as he looked upon the devastation, when he was done crying, I can hear him saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies came upon me. Hey, all of these things. If you go from Psalm to Psalm to Psalm. This is David's constant thing with God. When he saw his problem before him, he did not meditate on his problem. What he did was he took his problem and he changed the focus from what was going on back to God. He moved the focus from his sadness to his salvation, to his savior. And that is how God wants you to use your mouth if you are going to get over the brokenheartedness. If you are going to come and cast, it's not just in saying, God, fix it. But you have to make a confession of faith that takes your focus off of the sadness that you're going through. I know it's hard. But it's doable. And in it, there's a victory. We're going to see the reward. What we see here. And then, so David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now verse 8, we're going to jump to verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord. So David involved God in his circumstance. Oh, when we get sad sometimes, when we are brokenhearted sometimes, for us to go and even ask God a question. Now some of us, we do go and complain to God. But for us to ask God what to do. Okay, God, I didn't get this opportunity. What do I do next? Okay, God, that... I. I we're going through a divorce right now. What, 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 what do I do next? This is what David asks God. Shall I pursue them? Shall I, what shall I do next? What's my next move, God? He involved God in the process. That's what God wants us to do. When you have a broken heart, you have to involve God in the process that you're going through. Involve him in the circumstance. That means then that you're exalting his advice higher than your problem higher than what he allowed to happen in your life so you have to involve god and what happens when you involve god when you bring god in when you use your mouth to not just complain but to involve god even if you have to do it through tears sorrowful that you just don't even want to open your mouth but just opening your mouth and that confession through what you're going through shows faith it shows faith in God it shows that you believe in God more than you believe in what you're going through and you are willing to take his advice and what happened the Lord answered David and he told him to go pursue his enemies for surely you shall overtake them so God what do I do now with this broken heart that I have what do I do now with this lost opportunity? What do I do now with this broken relationship? What do I do with this job that I didn't get? What do I do with my life? In that sincerity, in that moment of sincere submission to hear the voice of God, God met David and answered him. 
If we don't do that, then we truly end up like our sister Houston talked about, a broken heart that doesn't know where to find its home. Because we don't literally don't know where to go next, what to do next. Ask God, God, what do I do next? He will help us. He will show us the way home. He will show us the answers to life. Doesn't your Bible says that? My Bible says it. Step three, in the coming to God and the casting, this is very, very, very important. When you come, you have to stay. That is the only way you will find the rest. God said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest signifies a permanent state. It signifies not restlessness, it's rest. You have to come and stay. You have to come and abide. A lot of times we have the tendency to go back because, again, of this, because when you're brokenhearted, you feel lost and confused and dazed. You have the tendency to return back to something that you knew before. But that's just a deception of the enemy. That's just one of the tactics he used to keep us going through a cycle and cycle. Remember when we talked about a love lost? You have a broken heart and then you go jump into the next guy or girl to try to heal what the first person did? Do you know that you're starting a cycle over and over and over again? And you will be right back at the start. Let's look at the children of Israel. Let's turn to Exodus 16 verse, chapter 16 verse 3. Exodus chapter 16 verse 3. Let's look at this. God had delivered these children, stubborn children may I ask, out of slavery that they had been in for years and years, generations upon generations. He had brought them out. They are seeing miracles, signs and wonders. God has given them heavenly food, everything. But yet in the midst of all of that, they're not satisfied and they have a heart that wants to go back. They are not satisfied with their situation. So, and let's, verse 3, and the whole congregation of Israel rumored, sorry, verse 2, against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate bread to the full. See, that's another thing that the devil will try to deceive you with, to make you think that the situation that caused your broken heart was the best that will ever happen to you. The job that you didn't get, that you prayed for and asked God for, he's going to try to make you feel like that job was the best job that could ever happen. The opportunity that you prayed and cried for and fasted for that you didn't get, he is going to make you meditate on what you lost so that you can take your eyes off the God who has way more ahead for you. He has a land flowing with milk and honey for these people, but they are so stuck on what they lost that they took their eyes off of the prize. Remember what we said? Keep your eyes in the direction of your healing, the direction of your victory, not on the circumstance that's swelling around you right now. You have to do that. You have a responsibility. It's not just God. You have that responsibility. All of us have that responsibility. So let's pick it back up now. What, back to the land of Egypt, where we sat by the flesh parts that ate to the bread, ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. <laughs> Imagine. God is the God who has preserved your life up to this point. 
You could have been dead. You didn't have a good start. Anything could have happened, but you are here. Yes, you are here with a broken heart. Yes, the relationship didn't work. Yes, you're going through divorce. Yes, you didn't get the job. Yes, your children are seem wayward right now. All these things are going on, but God is saying, do not lose focus. This state of brokenness can be temporary. It can be temporary if you do the casting, your care, and if you do the coming to God. He will give you rest. To me, that seems like a fair, fair trade. In fact, it's, it seems I get the easy way out. All I have to do is come and cast my care and I get rest. That's what God is saying. So these Israelites, they wanted to return to slavery. They wanted to return to what they thought they had lost. They didn't see the bigger picture. I remember recently I was looking and looking for to move. And I was saying, God, what's going to happen? Like, seriously, I'm homeless. Well, I wasn't homeless, but it felt that way. And I felt like, God, what's going to happen? Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Every place I saw, the place that I wanted to go and get, it ended up being snatched right from underneath me. If I had stayed in that state and said, God, I was supposed to get that place, I would have never been able to experience the blessing that I am walking in right now concerning that situation. So you have to keep your focus. And this takes bravery, yes. This takes courage. This takes a lot, ooh, this takes a lot of courage. But the Holy Spirit can help. He's your comforter. You have to allow him to help. And by allowing him to help, you make the first step. You come and you cast. And he will meet you, just like how he met David with his answer. Just like how he met these lepers. Just like how he met the children of Israel in a way, because he only allowed the faithful ones to actually see the promised land. And I know you want to be one of those faithful ones who see the promised land. I know you don't want to give up at the wilderness. I know that you don't want to die in the wilderness. I know that you don't want to die in your depression and your brokenheartedness. Your spirit is telling you that God has something greater in store for you. Please don't let the enemy snatch that out of your hand. Cast your care on God. Come to him, all you who labor and heavy laden. And I promise you, not just me, my Bible, your Bible, promises you that God will give you rest. Go with me to John chapter 6, verse 68. John 6, verse 68. I hope this message has encouraged you today because even me, as I'm speaking, my spirit is being stirred. Because all of us can use this advice and how to come to God when we don't know exactly how to do it. So verse 68, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, the message of eternal life. Right above that, Jesus was asking all of the 12 disciples, will you go away from me? Will you leave me? Or will you come? And that's the question God is asking you today. Will you go and leave me just because things aren't right right now in your life? Will you go and throw in the towel? Will you go and lose your salvation just because one thing didn't work out for you? Am I not bigger than your circumstance? 
let's have that answer that Peter give God I don't know what's going on but where do I go where even can I go who has the answers who has the direction for my life who has the plan for my life except you I have nowhere else to go but you in fact God that is my prayer I have nowhere else to go but you father so whatever broken-hearted state that I am going through right now I am leaning on you because I have nowhere else to go I cannot go back to Egypt like those Israelites I cannot stay here and look at this ashes like David did and and I will not stay here and look at these ashes and and, and remain here and die here no I will go and pursue those people who stole from me I will not stay at the city gate and rot even in my leprosy I will not I will get up and go to the city and if I die I die but I'm moving forward and not backward see this kind of spirit gets me riled up and that kind of talk I believe gets to get God excited because he, he says that in this day and age since from the days of John the Baptist till now the kingdom of God suffers violent and the violent take it by storm the violent take it by force God wants you to take your life by force today I want to pray with you today but before we do that I do want to end with Luke chapter 22 verse 39 to 46 I'm not gonna go there in, in fact, you know what, let's, let's go there before we wrap it up. Luke 22, and this is our Savior. When he, I'm sure, was brokenhearted, he was about to face the, the reason why he came, but yet the strongest challenge of his life he was about to face. And look at how he approached it. Luke 22, 39 to 46. So Jesus, he came out and went, as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, and he said to them, Pray, that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them a stone's throw away, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done also. Hmm. Jesus was brokenhearted. The Bible says that he cried, his, 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 sweat, his, his sweat was like blood. He was brokenhearted. He did not know where to go. So what did he do? He cast his care and he brought his heavy ladenness to God. And he said, Father, I don't want this. This brokenheartedness, I don't want. This thing that's going to come upon me, I, I'm burdened by it. I don't want it. But he turned his focus to God instead. And he said, you, your will be done. See, that is humility to the highest degree. Because it says that God, maybe an opportunity I, was, I thought I should have had, I didn't get. Maybe... A relationship I thought would have worked out didn't work out but I believe in the sovereignty of who you are 
above my circumstance. God, you are the sovereign God. And if I didn't get that job, that means another job is way better ahead for me or another opportunity. If I didn't get that money that I wanted to get, that means, Father, that the money that's ahead of me is way greater and way more purposeful than the one that I left behind. See, that's the attitude you have to have. That is how you overcome a broken heart. That is how you come to God. That is how you cast your care on God. I want to pray for you right now. I don't know where you are around this world watching this telecast today, but I know what it is to be broken hearted. I know what it is to feel like something didn't work out that you wanted it to work out for. And I know the grief that comes along with that. But even beyond what I know, Jesus knows it even more. But he gave his life. He gave his life because what was coming beyond his brokenheartedness and beyond his broken body was the opportunity that he knew that no man could buy, the opportunity for us to be reconciled with God. God has greater in store for you. Just pray with me right now. God, your people who are watching this telecast, whether it's online, whether it's through the television, you see the challenges that they are going through. You see the burden in their heart, God. You see the pain that they're going through and the turmoil of mothers, single mothers who are broken, women who are going through divorce, separation, people who are looking for employment that keep getting turned down, a young girl who just broke up with boyfriend. But God, you have something better in store for her. God, we thank you for your, you love the brokenhearted. In fact, Father God, you came to heal the brokenhearted. So Father God, go by them right now. Every single individual under the sound of my voice right now. Go by them, Father God, and show them your healing power. Cause them, God, to stir themselves up and bring their cares to you so that they can get the answers for their life, God. Let the devil not keep them in bondage. These are your people, Father God. They love you and they want to love you more. Help them in their faith. Grow their faith. Help their disbelief, God. I ask that you increase their life, Father God. Bless them. May your hand be upon them, Father God. May you strengthen them at every wicked leaning side. May you be God in their lives. May you show yourself, Father God, as the supreme one in their lives. Change their lives for the better, Father God. Make them victorious through you. God, we bless your name today. I invite you, if you don't know God, this God that we've been talking about here today, then you don't know what it is to cast your care and you don't know what it is to come before God. But there's a number at the bottom of your screen right now. I want you to call that number. Somebody is waiting to pray with you so that you can have the confidence that we have at Faith Healing Bible Church that when you have a burden and a broken heart, there is a God who can heal that heart and restore you to full restoration where nothing is missing and nothing is broken in your life, where you have perfect, unbelievable, 
complete peace. Be blessed today in Jesus' name.